Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. right sam rayburn be mean to me low budget live not so live lucas nelson and the promise of the real willie nelson's son digging it right now he's been on my radar for a while but i haven't been um hadn't been all over it and um my buddy andy the other day Said, you better jump on this. So I've been killing that lately. I've been killing that lately. What I did not kill was Sam Rayburn. FLW Tour kickoff, and uh, it was bad for me. It was really bad. I really don't know what to say about it. I've waited to do a podcast about it, and um Sucks really sucks but what doesn't suck is today today on this very day we are going to have mr sam rayburn terry bolton the first winner of the season is going to be calling in and uh, i talked to terry for a little bit yesterday and i can just tell you right now that when he goes to talking about this tournament 
he's got some interesting stories. I had to stop him yesterday. I was like, I want to hear him. I want to hear him on the on the show. But very, very, very cool, um, and super proud for this guy. Veteran dude, won tons of money. Barely missed winning in '06 at Kentucky Lake, and uh, never never has a win, you know, until Rayburn this year. And he was almost going to retire last year, so. Uh, at the end of last year, so very cool that to uh, have him on. I've been knowing Terry for a while, and uh, he's one of the most gracious, uh, kind guys out there on tour. So awesome that he's going to uh, be on low budget live on this fine Friday, January eighteenth. And uh, I'm already looking ahead to Florida. You know, I got to I got to turn this thing around and uh, try not to suck again. Um, Rayburn threw me for a loop, man, and and I I think it's uh, sometimes it's okay just to give up, as D Money says. But um, man, I worked my butt off in practice, and thought I'd, I mean, I thought it was tough, and it was. I mean, you you can look at the 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 down through the field. I mean, it, it wasn't you know it was it was a grind, which I hate saying, but it was if you weren't. On the deal, it was typical winter. They were really piled up when you found them, and uh, and I had a horrible practice. First day of practice, I had uh, three keeper bites, or caught three keepers, I should say, uh, and got five bites on one place. And then I fished the rest of the day and only had one more bite. And second day of practice, I ran that deal, graphing, looking kind of like the guys ended up catching them, man. And I never found them, and I kind of got spun. I'll be honest. And waters in the trees, in the bushes. It's in the 50s, and it just didn't make sense to me that if I couldn't get bit out, why I couldn't get bit up. And they were in between, and I, I just freaking missed it all over the place. And and the last day of practice, I catch a seven-pounder, um, a couple more good fish on a spinnerbait. And, and so I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I, I, you know, I can, I can get some bites. And I caught the seven-pounder flipping in some, in some flooded mesquite trees. And I thought, well, you know, had a couple more bites doing that that I shook off and it was just, I, I don't know, it led me on a wild goose chase. And so the first day I started on this little grass spot I had and I catch four, the four I freaking weighed in really quick. And, you know, three on back to back to back cast, as a matter of fact, on a Carolina rig and, and leave there about 930 thinking, man, I got all day to catch one more or two more, you know, thinking I'll catch me a big and flipping or spinnerbaiting. And I never had another bite all day, all day. And I don't know if I just picked, you know, I was running water. I saw a lot of guys doing the same thing I was doing. Uh, I didn't look at the standings to see how they did. But, um, you know, flipping and spinnerbaiting uh, the old bank line. So where it flooded, there's a lot of hay grass, really thick grass, and it was flooded over that. And those fish were kind of, you know, laying in that. And that was something that we figured out in practice. Uh, Castledine really got on it and, you know, he had a he had a rough tournament too, and so did so did Cecil, Russell, and uh, we kind of you know comparing notes, and that was something that we thought would play. And Russell caught an eight pounder the first day to to help him have eighteen, then he weighed three the second day, so like I did, um, but I never got another bite, man. And second day I start in the grass and I catch three, boom, 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 like by eight fifteen I got them three. That I weighed in, I got three, and. I go running around throwing my spinnerbait again at like nine o'clock, running all new water, and I lose two. But I mean, not, you know, nothing that 
nothing that uh, would have helped that much in the calls. You know, they moved you up a little bit. But, uh, you know, one that I never saw and one that was like a two-pounder. And then I lost one on a shaky head late in the day. But after 8.15, I never boated another bass. And we got the film crew. You know, I got the film crew, Hayden, Hayden Decker, uh, was with me tra- doing the traveling circus thing. So it's all all going to be on camera, hopefully coming out next week. And uh, just brutal, man. It was brutal. I, I, I've been... I've been pissed off and I've been sad and I've been through every range of emotions and I know that I'm very fortunate to get to be out there and to get to do it, but that doesn't make it suck any less, um, to tell the truth. But I don't know, you know, on to Toho, my record in Florida is fairly decent. I I like Florida. Um, I won't say I understand it because I I think that uh, it's just a different animal. I read an article this morning, Andy Morgan said, you know, I had a quote that said there's bass fishing and then there's Florida bass fishing. And, that, and that's true. So depending on the weather and depending on everything else, you know. But I know how to catch them down there, I feel like. I know, uh, you know, it's it's simple fishing. Um, and last year at Okeechobee when I called them, that was the deal, just being simple. So, um, you know, swim jigging, fishing, uh, you know, pitching around, zoom fluke sticks and, and trick worms and, you know, there may be some Carolina rigging stuff on some muscle bar kind of deals and, you know, but square billing, throwing me some six cents, 50 X's out there, some 80 X's. And it's what I like to do. You know, there'll be some chatter baiting, some spender baiting maybe, but um, it just depends on what phase the fish are in when we get down there. But we'll dang sure know what phase they're going to be in because the Bass Pro Tour is fishing around on top of us. Um, everybody will be glued to that that's in the tour. So that, that'll shake things up a little bit, change things for us um but i'm looking forward to getting down there i've heard the water's a little low um but i'm hoping for you know for good weather we man we dodged a bullet though at rayburn it's hard to complain other than the two days of the tournament weather was in the upper 60s and like 72 the last day of practice for january because when they scheduled that i thought man it's gonna be an ice storm (laughs) which we had to deal with the high water so we didn't just get out of terrible conditions by any means but um it was nice for January. It was nice and and you know, upper forties, low fifties, you know, we had some had some cold wind during the tournament. It was it was dang sure not comfortable by any means, but we dodged those uh really bad temps that we've got coming to Tennessee this weekend. It's like sixty degrees outside right now. It's gonna be twenty on Sunday. Interesting weather. And hadn't fished since I've been home. Been uh, hanging out with the family. We've had ball games every night with the kiddos, and uh, actually going to see the Tennessee Vols play tomorrow uh, for my boy Charlie and Ryder's birthday. We're going over Brad Knight. Big shout out to BK for hooking me up with some primo tickets. BK, the man who actually has a commercial on the Vol Radio Network, which trips me out every time. BK. Um, but we're going over in the morning to do that. So it's been just hanging with the family, um, playing some Mario Kart <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, last night, Harper and I made a late night run to Walmart and actually bought a new Super Mario game. So holler at your boy if you know if you know what that's all about. Some Super Mario U and. Uh, been been playing that a little bit, you know. Um, 
eating Oreos, being depressed. Um, speaking of Oreos, still still hanging in there on this uh, fat ass challenge, and uh, you know started around two fifteen, two seventeen, and I'm I'm down to one ninety one, holding strong right there, trying to get to one eighty five. That was the goal, but uh, haven't been able to exercise as much as I want to. But we're we're getting there, man. I feel feel pretty good, and and uh, we're we're working on things. So get all that worked out, um, you know. Feeling better and and head to Toho and hopefully hopefully turn around. You can have a bad tournament. You can have two bad tournaments really and make the cup. You just you know you got to catch them. And I didn't. I didn't. And I got me um, served up a big dose of humble pie because I thought that I'd go down there and get me a check. And and uh, you're always that confident. But I, I'm that confident going into Toho. You know, I, regardless of what happens down there, I feel like I'll catch them. Um, I know I can compete at this level. I've done it, you know, I've mixed it up, made some cuts, got some checks, but I really want to freaking win. I really want a top 10. And, and, uh, speaking of which big shout out to Sam George who announced his FLW career on low budget live and, uh, went down there and knocked out a ninth place finish. Sammy, who said he wasn't catching them in practice, blasted 28 pounds the first day, blasted them. So, uh, real proud of Sam. For going down there and catching them but uh as far as me i'm not proud of my performance but i am not uh scared to talk about it i'm not going to make excuses um like i said i made a post about that you know it wasn't one of those so and so was on my spot uh i did watch brian thrift catch them the first two days really good <laughs> about you know 500 yards from me that wasn't fun but um they found a mother load of them man in a spot in the grass, and he drilled them. Uh, Alex Davis and I were on a little place, and Alex kept saying, he's got another one, he's got another one, he's got another one. He got really old. Thrifty. got really old. But, uh, but yeah, no excuses. No excuses. You either catch them or you don't, and uh, I didn't. I was in that group. And uh, it'll be turned over on its head when we get to Florida. There'll be guys that caught them. Uh, there that don't catch them. I just got to make sure that I'm in the group that catches them and, and hopefully uh, rebound back with a big tourney down there with a flipping stick and uh, some big heavy line and and uh, doing what I like to do, just soaking my arm around. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, like I said, traveling circus went awesome. It, it actually, my wife, the triple threat, Marissa D., was actually asking me if it was a distraction and it wasn't it really wasn't having the camera boat there was it was different but it wasn't uh it wasn't a distraction like i i thought it was and it was worth it i think and i think we got a lot of good stuff on the water a lot of good stuff off the water and i'll be anxious for everyone to see it hayden's working on it now getting that thing edited down and it'll be on my youtube facebook flw's youtube and FLW's website very, 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 very soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that. All of you LBL faithful listeners out there, which I very much appreciate. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. And and it went so well that I do think I'm going to expand it into something else this year. 
after the tournament season or maybe in between some tournaments. Film, film some other stuff. Got to got to work out the deets on that, but I, I think it could be cool. One thing's for sure, I don't know how much saltwater activity will be on there because every time I post saltwater stuff, everybody that follows me seems to hate my guts. Uh it's it's amazing, but apparently uh, I I just attract the bass fishermen. Apparently, apparently, so which is all good. But I love to saltwater fish. So open your mind, y'all. Open up. Redfish are cool. Red snapper are cool. Amberjack are cool. Sailfish, all that stuff's cool. I, I think the deal is that people don't have access to it. Maybe I, I don't know. You can drive. You can fly down to the beach. You can catch them just like I can. Um, I understand that's difficult for some people, and it's just easier to go bass fishing. But I'd like to film a a redfish deal the way we caught them this fall. I think it would be really cool, really, really cool. Um, But that's pretty much it. Rayburn sucked for me on to Toho. Uh, my equipment was on point, not to go straight sponsor plug, um, but I, that freaking heaven route is truly on that 520L is a, is a beast, man. I, I, I love driving that thing around. I, I normally kind of put around and practice. Um, but man, I was like flying everywhere all over the place. It's, it's really the, the motor for that boat. In my opinion, and and that's you know it's not fair. I haven't ran the new Mercury, but and and a lot of guys are bragging on that thing too. But uh, that thing was Evan Reed was fire. It was really really cool. Enjoyed running that thing around, and but everything uh, electronics and every, everything was on point, so um, no issues. Which is always a breath of fresh air with a new boat. You never know because we're running wires and rigging everything. You never know, but uh, everything was everything was on point down there. Um, everything was on point. Um, if you hear something in the background, it's the triple threat. She's she's getting ready to go to a basketball game. She's in here behind me, uh, just just curling her hair or something. I hear it squeaking. It sounds like a mouse, but. Uh, I'm I'm in the uh, recording this in the low budget live studios, aka at my desk at my home office, which is also in my bedroom. <laughs> so say hey, triple threat. Hello. Yeah, there's a triple threat right there. She's here. She wouldn't do the podcast with me. We we got too much going on. But the triple threat is here. The triple threat. Uh, we'll try to get her on next week. If we don't have a ball game every five minutes, where I can peg her down. Um, and still an update on, you know, post-Christmas update, still no hot tub, triple threat. Still no hot tub, triple threat. So for those of you keeping up with uh, the hot tub, triple threat, uh, you can mark it off. We're, we're three weeks into the new year. and no, uh, I've had some uh, solo hot tub time, uh, no triple threat hot tub time. So for those of you keeping score, uh, I killed it at Christmas, no triple threat. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. I'm going to have to uh, tighten up around here, I guess. <laughs> she said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We got to drive like two hours for a basketball game today, which is uh, fun. Very, very, very fun. Uh, very fun. 
Very fun. But uh, fishing world's kind of quiet. FLW kicked things off. We've got one winner for the year, but but it's fixing to get busy, busy. I, there's a Bassmaster Open, I believe, next week at the Harris Chain, and there's the Bass Pro Tour on top of uh, right before us. And then uh, uh, you've got the Costa kicking off at Okeechobee. And I, I saw something like the the Open's got like 226 boats in it or something at the Harris Chain. Holy crap, people are trying to get them some Bassmaster loving. And I'm sure the Costa will fish 250. They always do, 225, 250. So everything is gearing up, kicking off full steam ahead. Uh, everybody's waiting on this Bass Pro Tour. It's going to be interesting to see. I've talked to a couple guys that are in it, and uh, I think they're nervous. they got some butterflies for a few different reasons. And, uh, you know, the rules, I, I've heard some of the rules. I mean, they're going to go by the MLF stuff with landing fish and – can't touch the carpet, can't touch you. And, you know, if we're going to be honest here, I think the best method of conservation for getting a fish in the boat is going to be a net. (laughs) So I don't agree that snatching them up with your hands and almost getting trebles in you and everything else is necessarily the best way to uh, conserve the resource, but whatever. It makes for really good TV, and I think that's ultimately all that matters, but... Um, I saw that Evan Rude came on as a sponsor of that and they're going to call it the first fish moment or something along those lines and show people how to properly land bass because apparently the rest of us don't uh, land them the right way apparently not um, but I think a landing net is you know I sling them in we're hooking them right in the damn face you put a trocar right to their dome and then we're we care about them after that i mean obviously we take care of them we g-juice them you put them in your live well you run your oxygenator you do all that but my god at the end of the day we're jerking them out of their home (laughs) they're just down there chilling and we drop a dang old monster worm down there and get bit and snatch his face but then we're like we take care of the fish that's so stupid just my opinion it matters to me but, uh, yeah, I read something about that, They that MLF anglers take care of them the very best way. Everything will be the best, that's for sure. But uh, we'll be glued to the live coverage, FLW anglers will. Talk about it or not, but, you know, they're fishing Toho. It's going to be the best pre-fishing we can get. <laughs> and everybody will be in the same areas. It's really going to cause some crowds, I'm sure, if there's certain areas they blitz them in. But uh, anxious to see my buddy JT Kenny and what he does on there, and analyst and uh, – it's going to be cool to see all of it shake out and uh, very interesting. I personally would not like having to snatch up a bass with my hand uh, without being able to pin them against my body and all that. It's just silly, but you're turning them loose. Anyways, I heard that this week and I was like, what? It's crazy. Completely crazy. Um, fixing to have Mr. Terry Bolton on here. Mr. DT Crankbait himself, Mr. Rapala, Rapala, depending on where you're at in the world. Uh, who, by the way, if you haven't seen, he made a really funny video this week where he went to his local tackle store and he tried to, uh, he, act, he acts like he's buying crankbaits and he puts his big cardboard check up there to pay and it was really funny. Really, really funny. Uh, Terry is a good one. I had to weigh in behind his 33 pounds and it was so so impressive. I think that's the biggest stringer I've ever been in person for. 
in my life. I was trying to think. I've been around some 30s at Gunnersville, some high 20s, but I think that was 33s up there for me uh, in person, seeing that. I've dang sure never caught a bag that big. I've caught some upper 20s. I've never, I've never caught me an old... Uh, an old old thirty something pound bag. It's impressive. I saw twenty nine a smallmouth weighed in one time on Pickwick. That was intense. Like the circus. Dad jokes. Dad jokes for days. So we're gonna get Terry on here and uh pick his brain a little bit. I figure people will be interested in that. I'm actually gonna try that after every event. And it just depends on who wins and if I can get contact with them. But um I really want to get winners from events on the show like all these other shows do have a little simple one-on-one conversation with them. I, I feel like that's uh, that's cool to me. Hopefully it's cool to uh, the listeners. So Terry's a friend of mine. I texted him. He said he would do it. And uh, let's call him. Let's get my man Terry Bolton on the phone right now. Luke Duncan. What are you doing, Terry Bolton? Well... I'm really not sure. You're not I'm sure? Now. I'm getting to that age now where I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> you know how it is. I, well, I, I, no, Terry, I don't. You I'm don't. not a veteran bass snatcher like you are. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with being a veteran bass snatcher. It's just getting older. It's just getting older. That's I right. got That's I right. got you. Well, I did, I did uh, one of my favorite quotes from you on the weigh-in stage was <laughs> you said, well, I was just kind of ready for it to be over. I was tired. And I was like. I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like Forrest Gump. I'm tired of running. Yeah, I, I want to go, go home. home. <laughs> <That was laughs> exactly. 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 Me. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Caught, you know, more bass than I caught all last year combined in like two days. But uh, I was still ready to go home. I was uh-huh. tired. Well, and I don't think people realize that. I talk about it a lot on here. The physical demand Tournament fishermen get it, I think, but until you fished a multi-day tournament or multi-day practice after you travel 10, 11, 12 hours, that's the, it's, it, it, ain't, it ain't for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And, and, you know, I've taken a few friends of mine practicing with me mm-hmm. for Costa events and stuff here on Kentucky Lake through the years. And, um, you know, and these guys are, you know, Hard workers, pipe fitters. No, no doubt. You know, construction workers, guys. Real work. work. pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, in sweat, and, you know, and and I've taken them out with me in the summer practicing, you know, 12, 14 hours, daylight till dark. And they were like, I'm never going with you again. Yep. It's not a, they said, it's not, this isn't fishing. This is a survival contest. Yep. That's exactly you know? right. So yeah. It is different. It is different. And again, if you ask me to go do a, a workout that a basketball or football player would do. I'm sure I couldn't do that. No, so. no, not at all. Uh, we, we'd be uh, we'd be dragging up the. I think Andy Morgan could probably do it though. He's he's so Missy works him to death. Looks like. Yeah, he might. He <laughs> might. I don't know. Now, if it was a walking contest, I promise you, he can not walk anybody. Really? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, he you know he hunts and. He, you know, it comes to walking up and down hills and walking, you know, it, that doesn't bother him at all. Mm-hmm. He's striking off. And of course, he, you know, one of his steps, I got to take three to come, keep up with. Him. Oh, yeah. Them, them long legs. Them long oh, legs. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. l- let me ask you this. So it was weird for me 
course, I've gone through this two years in a row. So Strader, Strader left me uh, and went to the Elite Series, which you know me and Wesley were big mm-hmm. buddies. Still, still are, but we don't get to see each other as much, talk as much, but but ran around together, room together. You and Morgan have been buddies for for a long, long time, and Suggs. Right. I mean, we've all known each other, and and y'all have been out there a heck of a lot longer than me. I'm in, you know, going into year five here, but. Uh, known each other for a long time was it was it weird not having him there at an flw yeah and and i told my wife that too before i left or you know about a well month before i left i said you know the weird thing to me is that you know all the guys that i started fishing with you know and jim tut and i talked about that near the top 10 of course jim's been doing it as long as i have yeah but but and it's one of the good guys oh yeah and but for the most part all the guys that I started with in the nineties, they're all either retired, quit, or moved on to another circuit. That's so, a fact. But when I won, Andy Suggs, oh, you know, yeah. they all called me and text me and message me and I know they were all you know, Andy said the number one thing that he regrets is he wasn't there to see. It, yeah, that's know? that's cool. You that's know, cool. and then you know, we've all shared in each other's, um, you know, successes and failures through the years, and you know, and life and in fishing. So, you know, it's no uh, doubt. You know, you but you don't do this. You know, you find after you do it twenty some odd years, you don't do it because for the fame and fortune and glory. You do it for the your friends. They you know they become I, like family. To I, you. I agree. I agree with that. I, I say at the bottom of all this, of course, you know, obviously doing podcasts and the social media stuff all the time that I do and all that. I enjoy that. And I enjoy trying to help grow the sport, you know, to a new generation or whatever through all that. But if you take all that away from me and I, and I couldn't do it anymore as far as fish the tour and all that, I would miss the people. Yeah. You, I, you miss the people. Yeah. Tenfold. You miss the grind of the road. No. You might kind of miss it fishing a few of the likes kind of kind of, kind of. <laughs> if, if we could hit them at good times every now and yeah, then yeah, oh yeah, other yeah, than rayburn yeah. where you just caught yeah. a million pounds yeah i mean um you know you but it's the people that you miss you know it's uh you know you know and it becomes more like a family so oh yeah and that was the weird thing about this year starting out you know did a lot you know some some people left we have a lot of new people and, a lot of new you faces. know and i said that's that's the thing too that's always i become fascinated with is is you know now we we probably arguably have the biggest group of young and upcoming fishermen mm-hmm. and i get to looking at these kids like sam george and all those yeah. that i remember when i didn't get tired and i was hungry and yep you know and i'm 48 now and i've got arthritis i get tired you know, <laughs> from cranking them plugs oh yeah man i'm ready to go take a nap you know and, <laughs> and uh but i remember those days when i was that and i'm thinking man i you know uh, i got i got my work cut out for me here but the beauty of the young guys and the, what makes them so dangerous they just don't know it yet they'll figure it out 10 10 or 12 years from now is they don't know anything that's, that's exactly right <laughs> I I was a better fisherman. I say this all the time at nineteen and twenty good. than I am now. Yeah, because you overthink when first, things. When I first started the FLW tour in the nineties, I knew how to ledge fish. I knew how to flip and throw a spinner bait, 
and I knew how to throw a topwater bait, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's it. And I did those things everywhere we went whenever it was applicable, and I did better. Yep. That, but when I learned how to drop shot and shaky head, <laughs> and, and, I, and then the next thing you know, I had four or five years, I could have caught my butt with both hands. Yep. You know, so. I understand. I, I try to do too much at, at times, I know. and, and Sure. And, but I will say for me at Rayburn, and you and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but for me, I'm a flipper, I'm a spinnerbaiter, and yeah. my biggest bites I hadn't practiced were doing that. And I missed the right. deal, the wads of fish that you guys all caught, and I was close to where they were, but but not, you know, not on the money. And I've tried to, last year I tried it and had a, you know, had a decent year, had a couple bad ones, but... I just I tried to simplify my fishing again last year. I'm like, you know what? You're a jig fisherman. Yeah. You're a spinnerbait fisherman. You know, you're a shallow yeah. guy. Go do that. And I caught right. a seven-pounder right. the last day of practice and shook off a couple more flipping them bushes, and I said, hell, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it just didn't it just didn't work out. But, uh, but I'm out of my comfort zone in that deep grass, Carolina rigging grass. I've just never done that very much, and, and I tried to make it work for two days of practice. But um, – you you said something interesting to me yesterday. Uh, tell the story of how you you found that that mega school, as people say, of fish in that well, grass. That was cool. You know, from my earlier years of experience at Rayburn, I knew when the and I'd been there when it was high in the nineties and two thousand. We went quite a bit for bass invitationals and FLW win. You know, it seemed like we went every year in February, so I was there there were several years there i can't remember exactly the date the time but when it was high it wasn't this high but it was you know five six feet high okay and i knew inside grass lines i always the flw tour went there one year and i was always really good at finding those hard spots on those inside grass lines and this is an honest goodness story we went there for an flw tour event and i did pretty well i think i finished in the top 20 maybe 21st was that the one alan head one I believe it was. Okay. Yes, that was the one Allen had one. Well, anyways, I was just killing them on a Carolina rig on the inside grass line. And I took Andy Morgan out in the boat to show him how to find them. And Andy tells this story great. We find this place over in Norris. I think it was in Norris or Coleman. I don't remember. Anyways, I throw a Carolina rig out there, and I'm like, oh, there's one. Set the hook, and it's about a three-pounder. Andy throws his Carolina rig in there, drags it back to the boat. I throw mine back out there, and I go, oh, there's one. You know, it's a two-and-a-half-pounder. Andy throws his out. and The story, and I, I would just, like, catch a three-pounder or four-pounder. Andy couldn't hardly get a bite. <laughs> well, anyways, that was the joke about it. He's like, Bolton sitting there catching them every cast, and I can't get a bite on this darn thing. Well, anyways, we found two or three places that day, and I told Andy, I said, here, you just you take them. You know, I've got plenty of places. You know, we came out here to find you some places. You go fish them. Well, anyways, first day of the tournament, I think I caught 18 or 19 pounds. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I came running by there, one of those places. Well, Andy wasn't there, and I just kept going. Well, that afternoon, we got into the weigh-in. Well, Andy had like five or six pounds, and I'm like, dude, what? You didn't go fish those places? He's like, ah, heck, I went stop days. I couldn't catch them. <laughs> well, the next day... Andy said, you go fish him. I'm going flipping. Well, Andy goes flipping the next day and catches, you know, 18 or 19 or 20, whatever it was, a good, really good stringer bass. And he 
he doesn't do real well in the tournament. Now, had he flipped both days, he'd done a lot better. And I'll never forget, Andy took, we were sitting at Twin Docks Marina, he flopped the lids of his Carolina rig box open. It had weights and beads and swivels, and he said, bloop, it went blop, 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 blop. <laughs> right there, he said, I'll never do this again. <laughs> and that was the end of Andy Morgan's Carolina rigging career, whatever year that So was you don't think he, he don't he don't even carry the stuff in his boat to do it? I, there I would I would say it'd be hard pressed if you said told him you'd give him a thousand dollars if he could make one. I don't believe he could do it. Unbelievable. That's awesome. But That's anyways, awesome. With that being said, I knew the inside grass lines were important. Yeah. And the second morning of practice, the first day of practice, I, I caught three bass, one flipping, one throwing a spinner bait, one on a lipless bait. I was not able to find any really anything good inside grass line where I was at. Went up toward the bridge, found two or three or four places that day inside the grass, and then it died off for me in the afternoon. The third day, I went to Beach Basin. First place I stop on, I catch two on back-to-back throws on a crankbait, pick a Carolina rig up, get a bite, leave, find a couple schools of fish before 9, 30, 10 o'clock, go from then till 12, 30, don't get another bite. I'm thinking, man, this inside grass line thing seems to get over with early, hmm. you know, the best part of it, which was always typical. I knew that from my previous, I think those shad are up there at night. Hmm. They come shallower at night, and then in the sun, you know, they back off. So I kept thinking, well, maybe these darn things have gone to the outside grass line. So about 3.30 in the afternoon, I run back into Harvey Creek, which is where I found the fish that I had found the previous day. And I just say, well, I'm going to get out here on this outside edge of this hydrilla line and just start idling around and look for, just looking. Well, I start idling down the bank, and I'm in about 16, 17 feet of water, and the hydrilla comes up to within, I'd say, you know, seven foot of the surface. So it's probably nine ten foot tall hydrilla and all of a sudden i see a little like a little drain going up between a point and an island on my lake master and i idle across the center of this drain just to see what it looked like well when i idled across the center all of a sudden the grass quit just like a wall whoosh and it was bare and then all of a sudden the grass goes whoosh a wall again but in that bare area i look on my down imaging and I see like 20 arches. Mm. And I went, oh my God, that's bass. Well, I take my cursor and scroll back, put a waypoint on it, turn my engine off, drop my trolling motor, kick my boat out toward the deep water, throw a crankbait in the direction of my waypoint, goes down there and comes off a piece of grass and it just stops and just, you know, and I thought, oh Lord, this is a good one. And I catch about a six pound bass. <laughs> And so I unhook it, I throw back, catch a a two-and-a-half-pound bass. And I said, oh, Lord, I found something here. I said, I don't need to throw this crankbait up there anymore. So I reached down, pick a Carolina rig up, throw it in there. Well, the base of this thing had a bunch of that black, mossy, hairy grass. And I couldn't get my – and it got all around my weight, my lizard. And anyway, I couldn't get get a Carolina rig through there. So – I pick a crankbait back up, throw up there, catch a big white bass. I throw back, catch another large mouth. I said, I'm getting out of here. And I left. Mm. So I really had no I mean, I had a, I've looked at a depth finder enough through the yeah. years. I know good places. I had a feeling I found something cool. Did I think it was going to be 
you know, 33 and a half pounds cool? No. <laughs> but it well, it ended up all 54 pounds I weighed come off that place. For two, days. two days. Mm. Yes. Unbelievable. So and I you, caught fish other places, but I called them all out there. But without that spot, you don't you don't win right there. Right, it's exactly. a hard work without and graphing. Spot, without that, yes. With and, and like I said, it was kind of, you know, a little bit of dumb luck and being able to read a map. But it that, but it takes that. It take in a yeah. tournament like that. I feel like, and, and not to say dumb luck, really, but because you know what you're doing. But to find that special group, that winning group of fish, it does take it does take a little bit of good fortune. It does, but yes, it's yes, preparation it and and all that. So uh, you told me too, you had you had a big bag, and you're fixing to pull off of them. Yes, yes, I had <laughs> around. Well, I had I had started on my starting spot, caught a limit, gone there the second day, caught two four somethings and a three and a half and you know and right and early and then went to a third spot and of course knowing i probably already had 17 ish or so 18 pounds i've already know i'm making the cut for yeah the third day. so you're comfortable and yeah and anyways when i when i caught those three fish there another, a local boat saw me catch him he was through the trees from me but when i left he went out there mm. And I and but I got to look and I thought he's not sitting on it right. He's on. He's not even. You know. He's really way on top of him. So I fished another place and I looked up and the guy left. So I run back over there about in about forty five minutes and you know I immediately catch about a five pounder and I cull and then I catch about a six pounder and I cull and I'm catching some two and threes in between and then. Lo and behold, I catch an 8-8. Eight, eight. <laughs> well, 100. by this time, Jody White's coming to me, and they have to take pictures because they, they're getting – The marshal's you know, texting. And, yeah, and, of course, he brings a whole slew of people with him. And so now i got a crowd. Well, I'm catching them every cast, and I catch another one, and, I, and I'm like, man, I told my marshals, man, I got to get, I got to be up around, you know, we're sitting there talking, I'm like, man, what do you think I got? And he's like, eh, that's an eight, and that's a, he's like, you, you know, you got to have around 28, and I'm like, yeah, I got to, and I'm like, man, I ought to leave, and I'm like, oh, man, I think I'd stay here and guard this, and I said, well, yeah, but, in, in the meantime, this guy that was there earlier, he's seen this, and he's kind of working his way back over, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, as soon as I leave, he's going to pull back out he's here. Blast him. And yeah. I said, you know, I might might let the air out of these today because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And I told Jody White, I said, I don't know what to do. And Jody said, why don't you catch a 10-pounder? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll throw out there, and I'm catching two-and-a-half-pounders. I catch some three and a half, some three and three quarters, and I'm the whole in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, dang, I could really use some of these tomorrow. I got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hook something, and it comes down the side of the boat, goes past the front of the boat, and keeps going, and starts just pulling like a dadgum catfish. And I've not seen it yet, and I'm thinking, good Lord, what do I have? You know, and I'm fighting it, fighting it. And the videos on FLW of me catching it, you can kind of see. And, um, you know, and I fight it, fight it, fight it. And of course, and I'd caught two on one crankbait earlier in the morning and my marshal said, well, maybe you got two again. And I'm like, something's not right. I said, it's almost like I got it snagged in the side or something. Well, I didn't. 
and uh, finally it comes up aligning at the bass. It's a nine eight, <laughs> and I'm culling five pounders then. And after that's when I made the decision to leave. Yeah, so, I guess so. It's hard to get over that hump. <laughs> well, I knew I had over thirty. God. And, and I told Jody, I was like, "Dang, I got to catch like a five and three quarter pounder now to, you know, just about, you know, five and a half ish, three and quarters to help me." Golly. So I said, you know, and it was like one thirty, and I elected to leave, and I just went and idled around the rest of the day. So unbelievable. Well, is that the biggest bag you've ever weighed in in a tournament? I know Kentucky Lake, you've probably caught 30-pound bags. Well, I've caught a couple 30-pound bags. Um, the actual the biggest stringer of bass I ever caught was at the East-West Fish Off at Lake Falcon. Oh, I yeah. five that weighed 38.15. That's right. But I also weighed in a 37.4. I weighed in 37.5, yeah. 28, or 29.15, yeah, 37, 29, 15, and 38, 15 in three days. Unbelievable. And so, I finished second to Greg Hackney. So the, so 33 pounds really wasn't that big of a deal for a baller like that. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a pretty big deal. That's guess, a big you know, deal. That was Falcon when Falcon was pretty green. On fire. They, um, but far as to be to say that on a fishery, you know, such as a Rayburn that gets fish, it'd be like Gunnersville. Oh, no doubt. Or Kentucky. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty special. No doubt do about it. it. Especially you know. in January with the conditions we had and all that. Right, right. So, right. so you've been in this over twenty years, and right. I've I've had the the pleasure of getting to know you over the years, and and I think that you're one of the the nicest guys, one of the most respected guys out there in the entire fishing industry, and you work hard, you know, promoting for your sponsors, and but but you've never got that win. You were close in '06, I believe, at Kentucky Lake, yeah. right there. And I know that was at home, and, and that, that stung you. But what did that – I mean, and I know this is cliche, but was it a – you know, I, I, we've, we've all read that you were thinking about – I was. A, a, about I was retiring and – Really close. I was probably at the end of St. Clair last year. I was pretty disgusted. Of course, you know, St. Clair, you know, you go up there and catch – you know, 17, 18 pounds a day, and you finish in a hundred, you yep. know. And, and you're mad, you know, yep. And you're mad, you know. And I mean, But I just I just didn't fish well last year. I, you know, I had a lot of irons in the fire, was courting my now wife. Yep. Uh, you know, I got married this sep- past September. Life is good and settled down. And But I still was really considering it. I was, I just, last year, I don't know why I didn't have fun. I was going through the motions. Um and um, I was considering it. My wife said, no, you're not going to retire. You're going to go out there. You're going to have fun. You're going to go fishing. And I said, you know, i got to get back to having fun, which that's what I, I, you know, these kids, these younger guys we have now, I think, you know, and I don't know why older professional bass fishermen, I've had this discussion with a lot of them, and I don't care if it's FLW, bass, MLF, it doesn't matter. seems like the older guys, we, we start to lose the fun, and I don't know why. Um, the younger, and that's the one thing, the younger, I don't know if it's the wear and tear of the years and uncertainties and things that takes the fun out of it. But I got back to, I I never thought about winning the bass tournament all week long. I never thought about winning till right before I walked across that stage. (laughs) I just had fun. And I remember the reason I did this wasn't become rich and famous. It's because it's fun. It started with a bass, catching a bass, yeah. competing, and doing what you love. 
Yeah, it's about doing what you love, and I and for some reason I tend to lose that. It's like the older I get, I have to self motivate myself every other year. But um, you know, it's it. I I've, I've really never thought about winning. I really never did. Even when I caught the thirty three pounds. I mean, obviously everybody that hears this is going, well, yeah, Terry, it's pretty easy to have fun when you catch thirty three pounds or you've won the tournament. Yes, but. Did I think I could, you know, I thought going into the practice, after practice, I thought 15 to 17 pounds a day was my goal. Yeah. You know, and I thought I might have a shot at 15. Pretty good, you know, but lo and behold, I figured, you know, it was a tournament I had a little bit figured out in practice, but I really figured it out more in the tournament, which is always what you want to do. Yes. That's always when you have your best events. It's yep. not, you don't want to have it figured out in practice. And Too it good. It goes away in the yep. tournament. Yeah. So I really, uh, you know, I think another thing too is, you know, I, I thought too at the beginning of the year, I thought, wow, I'm getting older. You know, I've let these opportunities get away from me and, you know, through the years and, you know, have I, have all, are all my good times behind me? Have I, has this ship sailed? You know, should I be doing this still? Have I, you know, and lo and behold, first tournament out, I win. And, you know, like Andy Morgan told me on the phone Monday night after I won, he said, you know, us old guys still got some fight in us. Ain't no doubt. You know, ain't no doubt. And, I still think experience know, and age matter in bass fishing very much so. You know, the young guys are, they've got their, talents and they and I think they're definitely all more talented than than we were at that age because oh, sure, of the age sure. of information they they know everything sure. they they oh, soak yeah. it up like a sponge it's available to them but I think that still like you said man I'm back in the 90s I'm fishing Rayburn you know I'm 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 35 years old so considerably younger than a lot of the veterans and dude like I don't have that there you know right. I've been to Rayburn a few times but I don't have that knowledge of you know uh, of that of hard spots and inside edge stuff and you know you hear people talk about it and i've got buddies out there and stuff but it's still not something i know and you had done that before and that was huge i feel like um yeah i mean you know what you're looking for that first rayburn event i went to i think jim bitter won it on like a one ounce spinner bait on the outside high driller line you know when you know, I can. Re- I remembered a lot of that stuff, and the water yeah. was high. It was in the bushes, you know, and so that was a big part, you know. And I think too, I got to think, you know, I, it was pretty special to me. Of course, me having so much success through the years at Kentucky Lake, you know, I was always known as a Kentucky Lake guy, yep. you know, and you know, and I thought, well, good, bad, or indifferent. I, you know, I never liked that stigma, but I always kind of wanted my first big win to not come here. I wanted I to come it. somewhere else, and it did. That's you know, awesome. Um, because if I win at home, everybody goes, well, you know, he, he lives there. He, yep. you know, he should win, you know. It's his I backyard, mean, all that all yeah. that stuff. You know, it'd be like if, you know, Alex Davis went in at Gunnersville. Yep, you know, absolutely. If Alex won at Gunnersville, everybody say, oh, well, you know, he got here. Yep. You know, he should win. Well, no. <laughs> no Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat you know. these guys. Exactly. So hard to beat them. Well, I, I know that. I know you're excited, man. I'm excited for you. I can't thank you enough for uh, for calling and uh, and and doing this with me. I I, I was watching the the way in. I was w- keeping up on live all day long. And and no offense to Nick LeBrun and uh, and 
and all that, but man, I was pulling for you, and I know a lot of other people that were, and, and I'm proud well, that I you uh, got it done, man. Of, you know, I have had a lot of guys, you know, I physically have had so many messages, I've tried to answer them all, and I've answered most of them. I've missed a few, and if I've missed somebody and they're listening, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> um, you know, and I, you know, Larry Nixon texts me, and oh, he was man. one of my childhood heroes. Yep. And when I got a text from Larry Nixon, that really made me feel good. Kelly Jordan text me you that's know that's awesome i see kelly about once every few years now you know and yep. kelly was happy for me and mark menendez who got me started in yep. this text me and you know i mean a lot of old you know mark harden peter t that's awesome you know guys that i've known and you know guys that some of the guys been out a few years some guys been out a while they were all happy to see me do well and that meant a lot to me of because course. the money will be gone but the fact that I'm a national champion, that that I can always have. Yep. You know, I know Wesley Strader posted some really nice stuff for me, and I've known Wesley a long time, and you know, and fished with Wesley in a Redman event years ago, and <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I mean, but you know, that's another thing. We all, you know, we all want to beat each other. You know, we all want to win. Oh yeah. But then again, we're all happy to see each other do well. No doubt about I it. Mean, and. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty special for me. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I feel good this year. Of course, obviously winning a tournament helps, but you know, just cause you want a tournament doesn't mean you're going to have a great year. And my goal is ultimately to make the forest wood yep. cup. And if I don't make the cup in my eyes, always, I consider my season a failure. Yep. So I've, might've accomplished one long time goal, but I've still got another goal. That's to be in hot springs at Lake Hamilton yep. and, august yeah we so. got we both got a long way to go you you definitely got a jump start on me because i had a terrible event but you know like i know you can have a bad one and still make it That's or right. even two bad ones anymore with seven tournaments we you just got to catch them so uh well buddy i appreciate you calling i'm super pumped for you and uh i'll see you in sunny florida i hope no, sunny florida I hope it's sunny florida <laughs> i I'll hope so there in about three weeks yes sir uh congratulations and thank you dude so much for thank calling you. in well thank you for having me on i, I appreciate it very much absolutely brother we'll do it again when you win the I next one <laughs> well, it can I, happen mark rose did it, it. it i know i know mark rose did it don't write it off it can I, happen I, guys get on a roll i'm gonna go have fun again that's all that matters. Have fun, the rest will fall. You know, like I said, I told somebody the other day, I said, well, you know, God has a plan for all of us. And sometimes God's plan isn't in the same timeline. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Even though we may want it to be. Uh, somebody, what was it? Somebody texted me the other day, what, how to make God laugh, laugh tell him you have a plan. That's exactly that right. That's ex and But on the other hand, Swindle says God takes care of dumb people. So that's what I'm holding, well, that's what I'm holding that out for. <laughs> My dad used to say that too. I'm yeah. holding out for that. Well, Terry, I appreciate it. Tell your lovely bride I said hello, and uh, we'll, we'll see you in Florida. All right. Thank you All right, much. buddy. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Terry Bolton. That was awesome. Um, really cool right there. I really don't even know what to say. That was awesome. He told me the story about finding those fish in practice, and I was just blown away. But uh, to see a guy, that's such an inspiration to me because, man, I'm 35, and I beat myself up when I have a bad one, and, and it's going to happen. And this guy's, you know, been out there for years and 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 years. Made cups. 
you know, barely missed winning one 12 years ago. And then, and then lo and behold, in 2019, he, he gets his first win. So amazing. So amazing. But uh, speaking of winning, speaking of winning, are you winning? The fight against ethanol? That's right. Startron. Bringing you low budget live, kicking ethanol in the teeth. Always bringing you low budget live. Um, I think that's going to do it this week. I really do. Uh, next week, working on some uh, some guests. Might actually do an, an LBL next week. A live, low budget, live, live. Um, not real sure. Go back and listen to the one with Castle Dine and uh, Russell Cecil from out there uh, at Rayburn. If you haven't, that was that was a lot of fun. I got to go back and listen to that one. But huge thanks to Terry Bolton. Huge thanks to the Triple Threat who's giving me dirty looks because we got to go to a ball game. But uh, thank y'all the most. Thank y'all. Uh, we're gonna keep doing it as long as you listen. We're dang sure gonna keep doing it. And uh, take care, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. I, said, I hope you find yourself before I find somebody else to be my love. Well, you tell me things I want to hear. You want me near. Miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.